Hey everybody, we're going to start the Vergecast for real in just a second, but I want to tell you something really exciting. The Vergecast is going to be back on video live at CES on Twitter. January 4th, 5th, and 6th, we live for 90 minutes every day from CES. Big video production on Twitter. It'll be at the top of the stream, just like NFL games. It's going to be crazy. And we're going to do a 90-minute live show with all the latest gadgets from CES, all the executives you can convince to come on the show and get yelled at for not doing good enough gadgets. But we'll convince them anyway. And a bunch of friends from the Verge team, like Paul and Ashley and everybody else, Lauren Good, Casey Newton. It's going to be really fun. Vergecast live video on Twitter. January 4th, 5th, and 6th. It's going to be super exciting. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com. This episode of The Vergecast is brought to you by a vodka company that I invented. It's called Scissor Vodka. It lets you cut through the night. I don't know why I always it just it keeps funny. going and going. It's not funny at all anymore. I was at a party last night. I was actually at uh, Josh Polsky's Outline Launch Party last night. It was a good party. And somebody came up and just had a five-minute conversation with me about Scissor Vodka. <laughs> and I was like, it's not real. And they're like, what do you need to make it real? And I was like, well, I need cash and a, a letter from Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> Both of which are much harder it's, to acquire than I thought. certain quantities of vodka. <laughs> That's actually the simplest problem. I can go buy vodka right now. Anywhere in America, you can just go acquire vodka. Mm. Anyway, Paul Miller's here. Hi, Paul. Hello. Uh, Dieter Bone is here in person. Hello, yes. Which is very fun. Uh-huh. And Megan Frickmanish is joining us. Yes. Hey, you said my name right. right. Yeah. Everybody I try to do that for people. Good, because perfect. everyone pronounces my name wrong. Oh. Also, Paul can't I pronounce his own name. <laughs> that's true. So that's Happened right. this week at coffee. <laughs> Paul? <laughs> Who would be kidding? <laughs> like, yes, from Hall and Oates. <laughs> anyway, Megan's here. If you don't know, Megan recently joined the Verge team. How long has it been? Almost two months. Almost two months. Yeah. So we haven't driven her away screaming yet. But she joined us from the Polygon team. So you were at Polygon for a long time. Yeah, about four years. Yeah, you're the deputy managing editor of Polygon. Uh-huh. I yeah, I came on as a junior reporter on weekends and yeah. clawed my way to the top. So Good. So look forward to more... <laughs> corporate intrigue at the Verge <laughs> team from Megan. At the Verge team. But anyway, uh, Megan's on our, our culture side. We're going to talk about a bunch of culture stuff. That'd be really fun if we started with actually the biggest news of the day, if not the week. It's been kind of a slow week of news. Uh, but Super Mario Run is out for the iPhone. First time Nintendo's been on a mobile platform. Game, I played it for two minutes. I have to say, Nintendo's UI design, just they're so committed to it being garbage. <laughs> and then you play the game and it's fine. But like those opening screens, it's like, you don't know what you're doing. It's yeah, it's hard to get used to, and it's like you're trying to move, and it won't let you do anything. Like mine was kind of like slow and not buggy, but it just it. The way I've been describing it to people is like the experience is like capital F fine, it's fine. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we'll get fine into it. Mario. So talk about because yeah. there's a bunch. It requires always on internet connection. There's a bunch of stuff. Talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So basically, um, the way I've also been describing it, it's kind of like a simplified, broken down version of like the old school like Mario games. Like it's a side scroller, but it's an auto runner. So Mario mm-hmm. just kind of goes, and your goal is to make him jump and collect coins. Uh, that's kind of it. There are three different modes. So that's like world tour mode where you're just trying to collect coins. You can replay levels and do different stuff. Um, there's a competitive mode, but it's more like you're racing against friends times and that's it. And then there's like a a mode where you're building out a kingdom and that's the whole experience. Uh, when you build out the kingdom, is it like is that an endless run house two? and you get to decorate a little house with stuff, okay. or is it that it's you build levels or what's the so think of the like well okay did you ever play old Mario games like yeah. Super, okay so imagine like you know the Super <laughs> Mario World map I'm drawing you a visual a beautiful uh, visual picture it's a, it's a radio show it's a radio yeah. I'm gesturing wildly. At oh, the, the, the yeah, the Super Mario map. I know Megan just mined a square, basically, yep. is what. <laughs> okay, I'm creating a square with my fingers. Um, so essentially, you just place down little 
pieces. Like yeah. you can like buy like a mushroom house and it's where Luigi lives. And that's how you unlock a Luigi. Yeah. So yeah. it's. Does Luigi live in a mushroom house? Is that canon? I, everybody actually lives in a mushroom house, I think. Okay. Except for the princess kingdom. who lives in um, an actual castle. Right, right. Uh, yeah. It's it would be really weird to live in a world in which many of the inhabitants are the same thing as many of the structures. It's really confusing. So if. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there are, are mushroom people are, running around. Are yeah. Goombas mushrooms? I don't think we know what they are. No. Like evil mushrooms. They're like, like inbred mushrooms or something. So, wow. So I made on. that up. Please don't. Is, <laughs> is Luigi's it. haunted man- mansion in the mushroom kingdom or outside of it? Because if all the houses are mushrooms, what's the haunted mansion? Because that's like a proper mansion. Uh, well, I didn't play that game because it was garbage. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Home run out of the gate from <laughs> Megan on the first cast. Several speedrunners would disagree. <laughs> Is that the one where he, he had like a backpack that shot water? At no, it's a vacuum. It's a vacuum. It's a vacuum. Yeah. It was like a low rent Ghostbuster for a short time. <laughs> like, Poor Luigi. Like Nintendo's like, what can we do with our, what do we do with Luigi? I know, Ghostbusters. And that was There's like, one yeah. where he shoots water out of it. No, that's, that's Super, Mario, Super Sunshine. Mario Sunshine. Which, uh, okay. underrated game, really good. And you can't play as Luigi. I've not played all the Mario games. Okay. I'm just putting it out there. I, 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 I beat Super of... Mario 3. The, the, ever, I tapped out around Wii U. This I, is like there's like been a couple, and I, like I played a little bit, and I'm like, you know, this is a good question. Would you think of Super Mario Run as part of the canonical list of Mario platforms? Or is it like Mario Tennis, just some shit he does yeah. on the side. Is, is it Mario Tennis? <laughs> okay. Mario Tennis is great. I wish it were Mario Tennis. Yeah, Mario Tennis it's a great, great hobby, but it's, it's a shit he does hobby. on the side. It's not like a Mario game. Eh, it's it's a Mario game for a casual audience, right? So it's it, it's confusing because like like Neil said earlier, it's like you can't play the game without an internet connection, which means that you can't play it on the subway, you right. can't play it on an airplane, and so it's like who is this game for? Like it's for people who are going to sit down on their couch and play a Mario game, and that's weird, right? Because like you already have a handheld device, but if you're a casual player who maybe doesn't own a hundred and fifty dollar 3ds or whatever, this is for you. This mm. is for you to like dip into the franchise. And they're very clearly trying to reach out to an audience they don't already have. Can I play this game whilst watching reality TV? No, because you have to look at it. You don't. Just you like, don't have to think about it. But I could. I could play it while I was watching like Chopped, where you don't really need to watch. It's just sort of on. I think. I think what you're doing, and I know you will. Yeah. I think you're. You're saying, can this replace three? Yeah, that's uh, that's all that matters to me. <laughs> so then, so, so the, I, I know the what you're doing. Great <laughs> strength of threes, and why it is one of the probably the best mobile game ever, is that the game is always paused. Right. Until right. you take an action. So if there's any interruption, you can look up. Right. This game. In my experience, I die a lot, so I'm often dead. So then I can watch TV. <laughs> are there uh, is, are the is it are there long reload times when you die, or is it pretty fast? No, it's it's pretty fast. Basically, you die and you become like a little bubble and you float away. And to get Mario back, you have to tap on the bubble. Okay. Um, throughout the levels, though, there are these red blocks that are essentially like pause buttons. So whenever Mario hits them, he stops. Really, you're supposed to use them to figure out like, do I want to go to this path or this path, right. or do I want to kill this enemy? The way I've been pausing is by like literally turning off my phone, like clicking the button to shut the screen down, and then I. <laughs> Just like put it down to type something and go back to it. Right. Do the levels have like, there's like 24 levels in the, in the world tour is my understanding. That sounds about right. That sounds right. I haven't yeah. actually beaten it yet. Yeah. Um, uh, really? I, the facts of this game replayable? are like non-important, okay, right? Cause no, they're, they're super, are. they're super replayable. Yeah. They're super replayable. Right. It's like, it's, it's a casual game. That's Mario. It's the first time Nintendo has been on this platform. My question is, is it a good game? Like, do you think it's a good game? I don't think I'm far enough in to 
to give like a definitive answer. Um, I think it's meant, you know, it's not a super long game. Like Andrew Webster said he beat like World Tour in like what, two hours? Yeah. So you're meant to replay it. I can't say there being a ton of replay value, to be honest. Mm. It's not, it's honestly not a game that I'm going to spend a lot of time with. The the internet connection, so far as I understand, does nothing but says like pulls down like the ghosts when you're playing that mode and tells Nintendo that you are not a pirate. It's DRM. That's it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah well, so the, the but rep- it's DRM for an already DRM'd app store that's already locked down. Yep. Well, there, Who there are they worried of, about? There's a lot of app store piracy. I, obviously, it's a terrible idea. It's and not they, as bad on iOS as it is on Android. On Android, it's like bonkers. Right. So there, I think there's a lot of, for one, I don't think I'm going to beat this game in two hours because I played it for about 45 minutes today and I was not progressing did you well. read the tips i read your tips article <laughs> that's uh, on you then not on us birch.com served you well <laughs> well served and just bad score another for megan on her first first cast appearance it's all just happening and but then you, after you beat a level you still kind of want to go back to it to try to get all five purple coins and then you might do some of the i don't know if i'm gonna ever be good enough to really want to go do a lot of toad rallies but i'm earning all these tickets to go on the toad rallies i really liked it because i found I felt it was like the right amount of challenge. It had a lot of concepts. I mean, I think in Apple's pushing the hell out of it. It's going to be a success. Yeah. Because it's oh, sure. for Nintendo's first game. It's Mario. And Apple is just, I mean, you can't, like you open notes and Apple's like, have you heard, we've made a note for you. It's called buy Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they're just promoting the hell out of it. I'm sure there'll be media blitz. Miyamoto is like an Miyamoto's out world. been everywhere. He's, been every, he's on yeah. Fallon. Like he's, and he looked amazing on Fallon. Yeah. He's happy in the audience playing the guitar. It was great. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. He did an interview with Andrew Webster, which you go read on the site. Yep. Great photos. Anyway, my question is kind of like bigger. Like this is the year the console market changed in a really substantial way, right? Sony and Microsoft, instead of doing new consoles, they did like upgraded consoles or kind of taking that PC vibe, right? The graphics are better, but they're backward compatible. Nintendo is doing the Switch, which is really weird and interesting. And we still don't know if it runs an operating system. Just random open questions about that in this world. And then there's this game and it's, you know, it's the first time Nintendo's IP has been on a platform like this. Does Nintendo get it? Are they doing the right things or are they just sort of like off in the world pretending? Because their, their biggest knock on them was why are you making bad underpowered consoles when all these things exist? Like you could just be on phones and make real games for phones. And their answer is, but what if we put controllers on what appears to be a medium performing Android tablet and let you walk around with it. And also here's this like free to play game. I mean, I think Nintendo has been doing a let's throw everything at the wall and see what sticks method for a long time. That's the most, I don't know, succinct way that I sum up Nintendo's strategy at any time. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, "Eh, we'll we'll see if this works. Okay, try this now. Because like nothing, it's always just weird. Like they don't do anything like the other console makers. The GameCube had tiny discs. Yeah. The Wii had motion control. GameCube also had a handle. Yeah. That's important. I kind of like that handle though. The Wii had motion controls. The 3DS makes you dizzy. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the Wii U had this wireless tablet yeah. that w- turned out, th- that was a thing that they threw against the wall and it did not stick. Ooh. That was a bad, bad one. And now they're like, what if we take that concept and put the whole console in Well, it? did you see this right? thing that the, the Switch was the most searched for console this year? Like it was, people are very interested. I don't know if that means sales or success, but people are very intrigued by the Switch, I think. Because well, I don't think people know what it is. That's also... <laughs> it's it is you very a confusing. For sticking the tablet part of the Switch into a VR headset. Because yeah, it's a 6.2-inch screen, <laughs> but it's 720p. <laughs> like, don't do that. 
Super uh, do that. And then Chris Grant and Polygon today wrote a great thing that's like the NES Classic Edition. They can't ship enough of them. And yep. that is not high technology, right. right? That's like they basically built an emulator the way the pirates build an emulator and blessed it with some ROMs. They're selling a yeah. Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you can. I can get a Raspberry Pi right now. How many Raspberry Pis do you need? I can. Mm. Do you need ten million of them? Like it's, they're available to you, mm-hmm. and they're like holding. So you you think they're just sort of like unintentionally blowing it all the time? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I guess I'm just interested to see what the staying power of this is because like they did an app earlier. Was it last year? I guess like they did the Mitomo app, right? And that oh, yeah, yeah. everybody was super interested. Like my Twitter is blowing up with people talking about that. And then a month later, nobody was talking about it. Nobody uses it anymore. Nobody plays it. They're still updating it, but but it's like you look at something like Pokemon Go, where like that's still pretty popular. It's not as crazy as it was, but like Nintendo needs to figure out a way to like capture what Pokemon Go did. I just don't know if they have it with this Mario app because I just can't imagine this being fun past like a month unless they continue to update it. Yeah, with your always on internet connection. Exactly. It asked me if it could send me notifications, which is just the rudest thing any app can do. I did that so hard I actually hurt my finger. (laughs) Third point for making (laughs) it. If they if they come out with another yeah, because there's four there's four levels per world or whatever, and then there's six worlds. I don't know if those are the right words, but that, that there's I'm that following, many I'm things. Following. If they did another pack of six and tried to charge ten dollars again, would people? That, that seems to look really greedy. It seems like a lot for like what the game offers, like ten dollars for a one time fee and no in app purchases. Like, okay, I can deal with that, mm-hmm. but to continue to add at that price seems like a lot. It's just going to be everywhere. We're going to hear so much. What's it, it, like? That's the you can just tell when something is going to be around. Yeah. But it's also funny because Nintendo put out a thing that you can't reasonably give as a gift. Right? You can't. The people tried. Like, are you going to hand somebody an Apple Store gift card with Mario on it? <laughs> yeah, just go to Seven Eleven and then get a Sharpie. Like, buy you a know, iTunes Apple's putting out the Apple Store gift cards with Mario. Like, those are going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I bet you can. I bet you a dollar. I bet you nine ninety nine. <laughs> you can buy Super Mario Run in Starbucks. This. Well, you can buy a card. Yeah. And you have to give someone the card. Yeah. And then you have to say, Absolutely. You're putting, use this like, QR code. That's too much. Like, you just, like, steal somebody's phone while they're sleeping, use, like, their thumbprint, and then you You are a it. weird gift giver. I think that's actually really sweet. Like, it's hey, while you were asleep, I got you this game. Wait, you used you your thumb that? while you were sleeping. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, wow. my gosh. That's e- Whoa. There's your first flaw in Touch ID. You can use other people's thumb while they're sleeping. <laughs> I knocked you out and used your thumb, but it was for a good reason because I love you. Yeah. yeah. What if Apple comes out with the next version of Touch, touch ID that like makes sure that the thumb isn't like f- dead? Like, well, that's also, already a thing. We've also we've, we've done whole videos. Russell yeah. Brandon did a whole video where you can hack Touch ID with a, a fake thumb. Yeah, but I'm saying, what if Apple ups its game? Yeah. starts fighting this fight. <laughs> Still not going to beat the sleep. The sleep weirdest sleep, sleep. part of the iPhone presentation <laughs> ever. So Touch ID is great. But if someone walks up to you, cuts off your hand, they've got everything. <laughs> That's terrible. Speaking of dead people, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Well, I'm gonna, it's going to work. Okay. I think. Yep. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Nope. Rogue One. By the time people listen to this, Rogue One will be out. That's a big That's deal. A, was there a spoiler in that transition? Well, a lot of people die in Rogue One. Okay. Uh, this is the part of the segment where I crawl under the table and just like start spoiler free. Well, I haven't I've, seen it. No one's seen it. I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I do I, know some things. Yeah. You know some things. You know that to yourself. Things. Well, I've read I've read our spoiler free review. Yeah. Which is basically Brian Bishop writing a like a rumination on death. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> His review was like, I'm not going to tell you anything about it, and then he held to that. I still felt like I read something about Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. Yeah. Uh, 
I mean, you're on our culture team. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Rogue One stuff happening on the culture side of this house. Mm-hmm. What are your, what are your big thoughts before you've seen it? Is it is is are they going to be able to turn Star Wars into this expanded? Do you want Marvel the Marvel universe? universe, but for Star Wars? Is that what you want? Okay, I have a confession to yeah, make. Star Wars. Um, I don't so you hate, hate Star Wars. I don't hate Star Wars. Oh my god. Okay. I like the original Star Wars. Um, the, the original three or the just the one? I mean the. The original three, they're pretty solid. Right. Uh, you know, obviously we don't talk about the prequels. I think the new one is good. I liked mm-hmm. it for what it was, but I'm not like jumping out of my skin to go see the new one. I'll yeah. see it at some point. Yeah. Probably should have mentioned this before you hired me. <laughs> no, I don't have the Star Wars love that other people have. I also don't have the Star Trek love that other people have on the Verge team, and that shit will get me fired. Like they will find a way to fire me, which is terrible. See, I don't really do Star Trek either. Um, I'm Weirdly, it's like all the Marvel superhero movies, but like wow. not so much. So you're the one. I am the one. Because the rest person, of the culture yeah. squad is like Marvel. We got to stop it. No, I'm just like, give me more. Uh, <laughs> I was really afraid movies? that you were going to say Stargate and then. Yeah. Hold up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the original Stargate movie is actually very good. Yes, it's so you. good. Yes. James Spader, man. Yeah. And then, the, you know, they had that weird TV show that was okay. And then it kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we just don't talk about it anymore. Right. <laughs> Things you want to talk about. Prequels, anything after the first Star Game movie. Keeping a giant list just yeah. for future use That's for important. everybody. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, you're, you're going to go see it. Yeah, I, I haven't pre-ordered tickets, so I'll, I'll be able to see it in, in like April, probably, by yeah. the time it, it's available. Uh, no, I'm, I don't have a hankering for a Rogue One or a Marvel-style super universe of Star Wars stuff. But like, it's okay to like have a Star Wars movie every now and then. Yeah. And some of them are going to be kind of okay. But there's enough there because they what they did is they took the whole extended Star Wars universe that had been built up and they threw it out. Mm-hmm. None of that's canon anymore. But they've got like 30 years yeah. of lots of people writing lots of crazy Star Wars stories to pull from. And they could just pull from that whenever but, they want. Which is 100% what Marvel does right. with but, the comic books. Right, but Marvel is like, you know, putting it together in like a really tightly interconnected way. What I'm hoping never happens is like the sort of ultra insane like you need to keep track of like 500 different characters to like follow the movie, mm-hmm. right? Like I hope that never happens. Where there's just random scenes yeah. in the Avengers movie where Thor's like, I, I'm going to hold this ice cube for five seconds, but you don't know why. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like that, they can't do that. And they also, I also hope that they will have different visual aesthetics for the movies. Because like, uh, except for Guardians of the Galaxy, every single Marvel movie basically looks and feels the same. Did you see the Every Frame of Painting YouTube video about the, yeah. like the, the Marvel soundtrack? And how, mm-hmm. like, you can't name a Marvel song because yes. they're all, like, meh. Yeah. It's- That's a little bit what I'm afraid of is, like, by grinding them out, they're going to create basically an engine to just jam out Star Wars movies every year. And when you do that, that that it gets ground into a fine paste. And, like, there's not, like, a uniqueness to any of the movies. It's like the Harry Potter movies. There's only there's only one great Harry Potter movie. The third one. Which one? The third one. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It's okay. absolutely the great one. Harry Potter movie. It, the rest it, of them are fine. Who is the director? Alfonso Cuaron. That's what I was yeah. thinking about that. He yeah. had this like crazy visual style to yeah. it. Yeah. And like that's what Star Wars needs is they need to like bring in new directors. They need to bring in women directors. They need to like just keep on doing – it needs to be a platform for people to try new visual styles and like make new kinds of visual effects. I've heard that the visual effects in this movie are like – Incredibly smart and interesting. There you go. Good. So here's the, here's like the real question. Computer way. So you got the three that are canon that Lucas has already screwed with once. How long until they remake those? Ooh. Right? Because you can't keep going and going and going and still have these three movies at the core of your universe that were made in the 70s. Okay. I think respectfully, oh. all those actors need to die first. Wow. 
I just wait, how can you... wait, wait. I think okay, okay, you said the... respectfully, but I heard like <laughs> what I'm about to say is disrespectful, <laughs> which is how most people use the word respectfully. You mean out of respect for those actors? I mean, how can you? How can you? Maybe she didn't mean that. <laughs> how can you like redo that story if you have like Mark Hamill is still alive and is also still in the new? That's weird, right? Like yeah. I know they're doing like prequels and we're gonna get like a young Han Solo and a young Lando Calrissian, yeah, yeah. but it's not the same as like completely rebooting that that franchise. Yeah. But it's going to happen. It's, oh, it's for sure going to happen. It's going to happen, but it'll happen after like they've run its course, they've ground it to a fine powder, and it's like they've stopped making for five years. And then they'll be like, well, we got to start it again. We don't have other right. ideas. No. See? It's just, no, I, I believe I that like you fall firmly in one of the, these two camps. Here's the thing. I think you can do that when they're based on books. Because I think you have a book. Like, I think we could have another Lord of the Rings telling. I'm fine with that. I want a BBC series that goes one episode per chapter through the Harry Potter books. Yeah. Uh, By the way, you just gave Netflix like a complete wonderful idea. Oh, I, I literally spoke to Sony about this when Sony had the rights. <laughs> <laughs> you like oh. sent them an email. Uh, it's like it was at a conference. I talked. To, yeah. <laughs> I, I, this I, is like this very is... serious about this. But but Star Wars. Those are the those movies are the movies. Yeah. How do you reboot a movie? Um, other we're gonna be like we're gonna be here in ten like, years. We're gonna be talking about the reboot of Star Wars Episode Four. Because everybody loved the re- reboot of Psycho. Here's what I'll say: and I'm, I, 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 these threads are connected in my mind. We're talking about two core pieces of storytelling that are both decades old. Yep. Where's the? Is there ever gonna be new stuff again, or are we just sort of like it's too hard to find things? We're too saturated with too much Netflix and too everything many apps. is a remix, Eli. What's gonna happen is that Mario is going to land on Tatooine. Oh my god! He's gonna go jump in over the Sarlacc pit. It's gonna that be is some like real eighties really crossover yeah. stuff. I would play that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's like a special edition of Super Mario Run. I mean, they did make Angry Birds Star Wars. There's hope then. Yeah. A new hope. <laughs> <laughs> I want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to read an ad, then we're going to have Andy come in, and then we're going to talk about self-driving cars. Yes. He's got a great idea. A movie with pay-to-unlock special skins for the characters. So you can watch the movie the regular way, but then if you want like the special... Like you, know, you want the machinima Mario retelling of Star Wars. You yeah. push the button. Movie, yeah. but you, it uses the Kinect uh, or the PlayStation camera to map your face and then put your face into the movie, and you are one of the characters. Absolutely. That's really special. Just like it's perfect. The, the NBA the future of, game, right? Future story. I, I got a children's book once that had my picture in it because it had my name. Did you treasure it? Yeah. Do you still yeah. have it? See? No. There's so much money in this <laughs> idea. This episode of the Vergecast brought to you by Masterclass. Aaron Sorkin is teaching a masterclass on screenwriting. Aaron Sorkin's masterclass contains 35 lessons over six hours of video and interactive assignments. The course helps students learn about the craft of screenwriting and write their own screenplays. Aaron covers his rules of storytelling, dialogue, character development, and what makes a script actually sell. Aaron analyzes scenes from The West Wing. Can't wait till that's rebooted. He also leads a group of students in rewriting the opening of episode 501 of The West Wing, which is a true classic. Anyway, when you purchase a masterclass, you own it. You get lifetime access to the, all the course content, plus access to community events and student groups where you can collaborate and share your ideas with classmates. Classes are on demand, so you take them whenever you want at your own pace, and you can rewatch as many times as you like on any device for life. So, for an exclusive clip of Aaron discussing how he writes dialogue, go to masterclass.com slash The Verge. That's masterclass.com slash The Verge. Okay, so we're back. Now it's like a, like a lot of people in the room on the Vergecast. Yeah, this is nuts. I like having Dieter here in person. That's good. Yeah, Paul right. is still here. Megan's still here. 
Megan. You didn't say that it was good that we are here. Yeah, we're just here. But we're you, just I see you guys in New York all the time. You just take us for granted. I oh. take you for granted, Paul. That's a real thing. But another person I take for granted because he's in New York. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that's awful. Worst introduction ever. Andy Hawkins is here, our senior transportation reporter. Ton of self-driving news over the past week or two. Oh, so much. Like Uber put out a self-driving car that immediately started running red lights. Yeah. Uh, the state of California told them to shut it. I mean, just so Uber. Just go go through all the headlines and like let's get into what's what's going on with self-driving. So what happened was, God, I, I'm, I'm mixing. I'll probably mix up my days here a little bit, but I think it was on Tuesday. Google announced that it was spinning off its self-driving car unit out of the X moonshot division into its own company called Waymo. Let's just stop right there. It's oh. a really bad name. Waymo? Waymo. That's like punishment. That's Waymo like Astro money, Teller. Waymo problems. <laughs> oh right? Well, and that was Andy on the Vergecast, everybody. Just <laughs> clapped him right out the door. Uh, no, it's designed for that. It's like, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's Astro Teller like punishing his children for like leaving home. Yeah. It's like, we're going to let you graduate, but you have to change your name to Waymo. Right? It's awful. But it's not like Google was the most like yeah I gravitas. Like, Waymo is like name. a made for TV like kids toy, right? It's like yeah. Waymo. It bounces on the ground. You can stick your hand in it. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it at your sister. Right? Worst toy. <laughs> It's a bouncing glove. <laughs> it's the Waymo. Anyway, so Waymo spins out. So, so they, Waymo spins so they're out. They're under the Alphabet umbrella. They're under the Alphabet umbrella, but they're their own separate company. But they're right, still, so they're still within Google. Alphabet. They're still within Alphabet. So now Correct. Alphabet owns Google, Nest, Waymo, and other bets, right? Is well, that it's called X. X. And there's, no, other, but un, and there's other. also whatever fiber is called now. Oh, yeah. Mm. And I want to say that there's a life company, but they like, they when they announce, oh, yeah, the, the, there's like the life sciences company. We're like, yeah. what's it called? Oh, you know, the, the, <laughs> the life sciences company. <laughs> okay. It starts right. with a C. Calico? Calico. I don't know if that's the name of the company, though. That's one of their projects. Anyway. It's a better name. So Waymo is out in the world. Waymo's out in the world. And, but, and a big change with Waymo. Big change is that it seems like as if, and they didn't say, they didn't come right out and say this, but based on some of the reporting that, that's been done, it, it's it's been suggested that they're not going to be focused on making their own cars anymore. So that doesn't, that means no, we're not going to see th- hundreds or thousands of these tiny little bubble shaped Google prototype cars out on the roads. So they're they're going to focus, shift the focus more into software, uh, self-driving software that can be plugged into third-party vehicles, essentially, right. and make them drive themselves. And this, by the way, Google's doing this for real, but the big rumors are on Apple, or that Apple's ambition to build a car right. also hit a wall of some kind, and they're also going to make software for other people's cars. Yeah, correct. So the tech companies trying to make vehicles seems to have hit a fairly serious roadblock. Yeah, and, and Tamara Warren wrote a really smart piece about this that was essentially, the, the, the message was that your self-driving car is not going to be built by Google or Apple. It may be powered by Google or Apple, but it won't be built by them because that's still a very complex money you know, sucking kind of process that really the car companies have become experts in over decades of experience. Right. And the tech and tech companies still just really don't seem to have a grasp on. It's even a company like Tesla, which is doing well compared to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if, we're, if we're looking at a range between <laughs> nothing, nothing and, and shipping some cars, <laughs> they're shipping doing great. Cars. They are. But at scale, they're having a lot of problems. A lot, right. a lot of shipping delays, production problems, what, a lot of questions surrounding the Model 3 and whether it's going to be able to come out in time. What's so interesting to me about both Google and Apple, like, I mean, we could say that they've 
failed, even though they never actually like officially were out there. Well, Google showed off a car. Yeah, but they never—they really they always said it was car. a prototype. They never implied that that car was going to be the thing that they were going to ship. I mean, they, I took, pe- they took all kinds of people for rides what's in What's fascinating their car. is we've seen these two companies try and fail at a thing before, which we could maybe talk about later. They, it was called television, and they yeah. got stymied by institutional powers in the industry. In this case, they've tried and failed just because, like— Making a car turns out to be really freaking hard. Yeah. I guess. It's really it's funny that they both like there's these two things that Silicon Valley can't just like snap its fingers and do. It, yeah. And it's it, cars and TV. Like the, the two most American and, things are on. And the future <laughs> of them is like a rolling living room that shows you TV. Right. Why, <laughs> like why they're just it, not in it. Why is it hard to make a car? There's you know, there's sort of all the things that go into it. There's the supply chain, there's just the manufacturing capabilities, you know, there's the relationship with dealers. There's just sort of this pyramid that exists already when it comes to making a car that these companies just don't have any experience in or Maybe they just lack the the motivation to get into. They saw it for what it was and maybe dabbled in it a little bit and then decided this is not something that we want to invest our time and effort into. And so we're going to focus on software instead because that's maybe something that's going to be more profitable for them. So, you know, it's it's there's a reason that, you know, the the auto industry also needed to be bailed out a few years ago. It's 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 sort of an industry that fluctuates with with the economy. Uh, and it's not as much of a guarantee in terms of profits. Yeah, you also can't break a car with a software update and then make everybody buy a new car, mm-hmm. which I like to call the iPhone story. Just a fact of my <laughs> iPhone right now. <laughs> They're going to make me get an iPhone 7. That said, the, the car industry is is definitely leaning really heavily on the tech industry, it seems like, moving forward. I mean, everything that we, we talk about these days, whether it's self-driving cars or in-car entertainment or connected cars, having cars that send signals out to other cars or to infrastructure. I mean, this is something that the car companies are really going to rely a lot on the tech industry for, and they, they're gobbling up all these little tiny startups, too. I mean, GM is buying companies. Ford is buying all these little tiny self-driving car companies. It's It seems like there's a lot of pieces being moved around the, 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 the chessboard, and uh, I think we're going to get a clear picture of that, especially going in, into the new year with like CES and the Detroit Auto Show. It should be interesting. So wait, let's keep going down the headlines. So there, that's the Google that's, news. That's the Google news. And then and, and part of me wonders whether that they caught wind of what Uber was going to do, and that's why they did this. But who, who knows how all these companies sort of play off of each other. But the next day, Uber announced that they were unveiling their self-driving, their second phase of their self-driving car, limited self-driving car service in in San Francisco, where they were uh, uh, originated many years, seven years ago. This is an uh, uh, expansion of the project that they started in Pittsburgh back in September. Uh, I got to go out there last week, take a ride in one of the cars, and see sort of like it, it's also different from Pittsburgh because they have these really nice luxury Volvo SUVs yeah. that are pretty swank. They, they've got like the thing, the crap on the top of the roof, but it's like it's more compact, more compact. It's a bit more integrated into the car. There's yeah. like there's like a camera and like the grill. Yeah. And it's because Uber has this partnership with Volvo. So these cars were made specifically for this purpose. Right. Whereas with the few they, they had Ford Fusions in, in Pittsburgh and those were just cars they bought off the lot and then slapped all their self-driving stuff onto. Yeah. So That's my favorite thing about the their XC90s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Volvo's headlight design for the XC90 and I believe all their cars codenamed Hammer of Thor. <laughs> what? I didn't They're, know that. Yeah, the the headlight is like, it literally yeah. called Hammer of Thor or is it called Gyal or whatever the, the No, it's Hammer the, of Thor. Okay. Like Cadillac's the design language is called like art and science. Yaldler. Oh god. This is terrible radio. Keep going. Anyway. So just as soon as they did that, you know, 
there's obviously all the, the headlines blaring, oh, Mjolnir. Uber self-driving cars in San Francisco, woohoo! And then a few hours later, a video surfaces showing one of them blowing through a red light. Uh, not narrowly video missing. shot by a Lyft driver, if no, I'm not No, no, it was, it was like a cab company. Okay, cab company. Because yeah. there was a second video that was so, a Lyft yeah, driver. Not a totally like unaffiliated <laughs> source of information <laughs> or an unbiased source for this dash cam footage. But still, the, the, the image was still unmistakably yeah. a self-driving Uber Volvo Just SUV. Like banging through it. Banging through the red light and like not narrowly missing, but coming pretty close to a pedestrian in the crosswalk. Uh, so that came out, and then some other. There were some other tweets about you know uh, some erratic behavior from some of these cars. Uber said they were looking into it, uh, and then pretty quickly came around and said, "Oh, there was a human driver in one of these of cars." Course. And so we've already seen some. And that person was, I think, dismissed or yeah put on leave. And so we're already seeing people losing their jobs. I gotta to say, robots. if uh, Uber drivers can get dismissed for not obeying traffic signals, there should be no Uber drivers. <laughs> there would be no Uber drivers left in the world. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's the point, right? The, well, And that's what the ironic thing about all of this is that the whole reason that we're supposed to be getting self-driving cars is to prevent all of the deaths and accidents that happen yeah. on the roads today. I mean, that's you know, what Travis Kalanick, the CEO of Uber, said in his like little gauzy interview that he did on Good Morning America this week. And uh, it's what the Google, you know, Google says that why they're working on self-driving cars. We're supposed to, you know, there's these thousands of deaths that happen and we're, we're dying at exponential rates because people are such crappy drivers. Yeah. So let's replace them with robots and we'll all live much longer and happier lives. So uh, that's what Tesla says too. That's what, te- and yeah, yep. Musk is very, very big on this concept yeah. as well. So anyway, then as a cherry on top of all of it, uh, the <laughs> California DMV came out and said, Oh, Uber. Hello. Remember us? <laughs> You forgot to get your automated driving permit uh, from the California, because California, uh, unlike a lot of states, has a very like well articulated right. set of guidelines. Because they're all there. Because they're all there, right. and all the companies have gotten this permit that they're supposed to get from the DMV, which costs like hundred and forty bucks. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they just didn't pay for their tags. They didn't yeah. want to pay for their tags, I guess. So they were like, "Please stop." Yeah, <laughs> doing self-driving cars and Uber said nothing. There was just radio silence, and I'm still waiting to hear back from yeah. them in terms of how this is going to work out. Not like, supposed- oh, sorry, here's 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 140 bucks, but just like, no, I don't believe in regulation. But, so, but this is that's not Uber, Uber. style. That's yeah, not Uber right. style. Like their whole thing is like, fuck the government. Yeah, yeah. middle fingers to all yeah. the haters. Like we don't need that. I mean, it's just where they they call their company Uber for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> It's because Mjolnir was taken. <laughs> the hammer of Thor. <laughs> so we're still waiting to see how that plays out. They're supposed to be, I guess the company and the DMV are going to have a summit uh, today and sit down. Are they, and it's like talk the DMV rolls feelings. up in like a real car and Travis rolls up like, out the sunroof as the car drives itself to the meeting. Just arms wide. Programs it Uber. to blow through all the red lights on purpose. It just hits the DMV. <laughs> oh, whoops. Sorry. So we'll see how that turns out. And then the next, and then GM just sort of, you know, to they were They were sad out. that they weren't in the news. GM was sad that they were left out of the news. And so they announced today that they're going to immediately begin testing their self-driving uh, Chevy uh, uh, Bolt uh, electric yeah. cars in Michigan uh, immediately, they said. And so that's happening. So that's the, the, the week of self-driving car news. So add that all up. I, so I think the Bolt looks silly. Jordan Golson, also on our transfer team, thinks the Bolt is like the most um, important car that GM is going to release yeah. at all. Because it's their mass market EV. It's going to beat Tesla to the punch with the Model 3. It's a, 
it's an important car. So that's interesting that GM's pushing forward with self-driving and that, and that car in particular. I don't think of GM as being the most high-tech company compared to all of its competitors. But add up all this news, are we closer to self-driving or is this just the machinations of fools? I don't think so. I think it's I think it's really, it's Uber is the only one that's saying, hey, come get in our self-driving cars. We want to show it to you. All the other companies are saying, no, we're going to test and we're going to iterate and we're going to- but, Except for Tesla. I mean, they're, they're shipping autopilot. Yeah, but they're not turning it on for a while, it seems like. I mean, well, autopilot isn't self-driving. I, I guess we, if you want to get into yeah, like This is like the stages, stuff. right? Yeah, exactly. It's a, supposed to be it's a, a driver assist system mm-hmm. as opposed to a, like a full self-driving. The, now, the future Teslas will have full self-driving included in, in them, but they won't be. Musk was unclear as to when he's like going to flip the master switch and turn them all on. So all the cars start following his command. The, or California had a thing where they, <laughs> they also wanted to redefine, right? The, one of the things I saw with this, the California regulation was consumers are confused because everyone is using different language to mean different things. Yeah. And one of the ways Uber is getting around their $140 requirement <laughs> is by saying our cars don't meet this definition. Yeah. It's true. And it's, is it, it's is just like legal. a detector that like the car won't drive itself if it, 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 unless there's like a butt in the driver's seat. No, so that's what Tesla does, right? You've, you, the car won't drive itself. Uh, unless it senses you repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So the way it does that is you have to touch the steering wheel. Right. And it beeps at you. And if you don't touch it, you like, fall asleep. Right. It'll, it'll just pull over and stop. Right. Which is different from the, the Google car, which uh, the, part of their announcement that, uh, that they were spinning off Waymo was that they were also, they announced that, this was kind of a weird thing, but, but that in 2015, they had one of their cars with no steering wheel and no pedals uh, driving around on public roads in Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only passenger was a man named John, or I'm sorry, Steve, who was blind. Yeah. So that was part of their announcement that they were spinning out their company, but then they wanted to add this sort of human element aspect to their announcement by saying that we did this, and this is how you know it could affect people's lives who have disabilities. And so that was kind of interesting. Also kind of interesting that it happened almost two years ago, and nobody seemed to notice or care or, or how they kept <laughs> that under wraps. You know, nobody saw like a car driving around with no with no steering wheel in it and didn't seem to think to tell anybody about it. But yeah, that's that's the distinction here is that who you know what's self driving, how it's going to sort of fit into like our lives and our society. Is it going to be a taxi service like Uber? Is it going to be personal cars that are purchased by people off of out of dealerships you know what what is what is going to be this technology and how are we going to use it and i think a lot of people are still really unsure about that that's why they're maybe acting more cautiously but uber is uber and so yeah they need to be the ones that are out there first shoving it into people's faces i mean because there if every if the model is all the car companies own a fleet of self-driving cars and you push a button and a bolt shows up and then drives you wherever it goes like uber is disrupted yeah so they need to right. beat everybody to that but they don't have Uber's seriously. network. That's Uber's advantage here is that they have this network already that they've spent seven years building of drivers uh, who will not have jobs soon enough, <laughs> uh, but mostly of, of people who use the service and how much it's become part of like our culture and how much it's become you know sort of a verb. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. Uber over there. Uh, that that was that's the achievement that they've had that they've been able to to show off and and how. In the foundation that they'll build this on top of, uh, the car companies don't have that. They they're about having a car, or two cars in your garage, the American dream. But if that goes away, how do they how do they build up this network? How do they sort of adopt whatever it is that Uber has? And well, this use is that to this their is advantage? Ford's whole shtick right now. Is Ford's like we're not a car company, we're a mobility company. Yeah, like yeah. we're no, gonna get you around. That word so much. Yeah, and so they like they like 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 they're, don't they like. Didn't they do like a bike share program in one mm-hmm. city randomly? And they did. They're gonna, Kansas City. Yeah. So they they 
are at least talking the talk of seeing past a world of car ownership. Right. But everybody's been saying 2020, right? And so at some if that's true or even remotely true, at some point between now and then there had to have been a moment when like people like, "Ah, eh, fuck it, put the cars on the road." And it felt like Uber just wanted to do it first. Yeah, and they also had this rep, you know, this reputation and uh, of doing what they want when they want and not really caring so much about the rules or the repercussions, which could be a problem. If if you could pull up an app right now and push a button and a car would come to your door and you'd get in the car and that car with no driver would take you somewhere, would you do it? Is there in which company would you want <laughs> whose car would you want to show up in front of you? To be feel like oh this will work. I, I've done it with I've been in a few self driving cars. I haven't been in one without a driver in it, mm-hmm. so it's hard to answer. Because uh, I, I guess there all the companies have like you know occurrences of, of accidents happening, fender benders. There was the one Tesla. Uh, the guy was not paying attention and got decapitated, right. uh, which you don't want to have happen to you. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think it's more less about like which technology you'd be most comfortable with or which car you feel like would be the safest and more about how other people on the road are going to act because those are the that's sort of the problem. The car is programmed to drive like a, a like a little old lady, really. Mm. It's like it, it only it can only go so fast. It you know obeys the speed limits to you know obeys the traffic signs and all the laws to a fault. Uh, it kind of it's supposed to be like this super cautious type of experience, whereas it's everybody else that's a maniac and full of rage. Yes. Every time they get behind the wheel. That's why I drive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never getting a self-driving car. It's either that or smoking. I can't tell which one's more deadly. Well, where are people supposed to listen to the Vergecast if not in their cars, right? They're doing it right now. Absolutely. But as soon as you have self-driving cars, I will make this a, a 360 video experience. Oh, it'll have to be interactive. The entire oh, interior of your car. Right. Wow. Think about it. And then that those stupid little dials on all the dashboards that like, Every car, it's like everyone who has the dial on the dashboard that controls their shit says it's the best thing ever. I never can understand how to use them. Like, BMW's not easy. Like, the dial that, like, does stuff. Oh, yeah. You have to train your brain. Yeah. The uh, the command is Mercedes. It's uh, iDrive from Mm -hmm. BMW. Yeah. I never understand how to use it. But, like, when we do the 360 video, you'll be able to lean back. And control the just put one hand on that dial, and you can just decide who you want to look at. And then I can end every segment by saying, "Don't touch that dial." Yes, oh, <laughs> bring it all back. Well, what you just said though is, is is part of the problem. We need to retrain our brain. We need to like all go back to like driver's ed, essentially, right? And relearn how to use these new cars with their new technology and their new user interfaces and their. Well, know, what, new what's computers. terrifying to me is the idea that half of the car companies will pick Apple as their self-driving platform vendor, and half of them will pick Google. And then we'll have a fragment. Those cars will hate each other. Or, right. Well, yeah. It'll didn't, be Death Race 2000. Yeah. Didn't, didn't the Department the of Transportation just announce like, this new thing where they want a, a, like a wireless standard where cars will talk to each other? Yeah. It's part of – so the, the DOT under Obama has been pretty like forward-thinking about this stuff. They came out with uh, automated vehicle guidelines a few months ago saying we want there to be a standard for the entire country so that it's not just piecemeal state by state so that – if you're testing your cars in California, you can also go to Nevada. You can also go to Texas. Uh, and then also, yeah, they came out with a, a new rule saying all cars in the future should have this technology so that they can communicate with one another so that we have safer cars and, you know, sort of a more uniform system. So, yeah, they're definitely sort of trying to set lay the groundwork uh, from, from a rulemaking point of view. But uh, it's really up to the car makers. So we're not closer. It's just a bunch of stuff has happened. I, I, I mean, like, I'm optimistic just because, but, you know, I, I, again, I'm steeped in it, so yeah. it's hard to tell. 
but I feel like I talk to normal normal people, normies, yeah. as I call them, my parents and you, you <laughs> your really friends. Call, what, really? I yeah, do. Mr. and Mrs. Normie. This is Mr. and, and Mrs. Normie. Mm. People who aren't like don't aren't like you know day to day verge readers, which I don't even know why I'm friends with these people. <laughs> uh, but when I talk to them and I'm like, oh yeah, I cover self driving cars. They're like, oh, I I could never, I could never get yeah. in one of those. How could you? Or like when I go in like MSNBC and talk about that, the the anchors are always aghast yeah. by self driving. They can't believe it. So there still is like a, I think a, a huge hill to climb. Yeah, uh, and, and they're doing it in San Francisco. Of course. Hey, uh, sorry. I can't wait, Dieter. All I no. all I want in this world is uh, my parents have a self driving car. I think about it all the time because yeah. my mom talks on the phone, and I tell her you can't use the phone while you're driving, but she doesn't want to figure out her Bluetooth, so she puts her phone on speaker and holds it over here, <laughs> screams at the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bluetooth. One of my favorite pieces. Like the cause that, of every problem I have in the world. One of my favorite pieces was written by Ben Popper, which is like, I don't want my kids to get a driver's license yeah, story that yeah. he wrote a few months ago, which I think is like that kind of sort of puts it in perspective. Yeah. Well, we had the, the current Secretary of Transportation, Anthony Fox. He said the same thing. He said the same thing. He read yeah. Ben's piece and he was like, that's a great idea. I'm going <laughs> to steal that. His kids are that. so mad. <laughs> no, it's anyway, like, wait. Okay. I'm going to read an ad and then we got a little bit of a lightning round. You should stick around, Andy. Sure. Have you heard of Sock Club? Yeah. Sock Club, absolutely the best gift solution. You can <laughs> you can purchase a Sock of the Month subscription for everyone on your list. They will receive a pair of quality American-made socks straight to their every month. Sock Club offers printable membership certificates that are available for last-minute holiday shoppers. You can write a customized gift message so your loved one remembers you every month when they receive their socks. You can write whatever you want. These socks, premium quality American-made socks, that use cotton sourced from the southeastern United States, where the best cotton is. They're designed in Austin. They're knit in North Carolina. You can tell the difference. Nothing like a North Carolina sock. Every month it brings you a brand new, never-before-seen sock design specifically created for that month. They even come with a little background story on the sock's name and design, proving that our society is too twee to live. This is a little gift with a huge impact. It's way more exciting than a one-time gift because your loved one will receive a new package of socks every month in their mailbox, again, with a little background story on their name and design. So it's not just a sock of the month club. It's like a book of the month club. It's a story of the month club about sock design. Right. You're going to love it. Anyway, Sock Club offers gift subscription for men, women, and children. You can give Sock Club to anyone you want. It says here to list some people, so I'm going to list Dieter Bone, Andy Hawkins, Paul Miller, Megan Frickmanesh. They're all available to receive your socks if you wish. I actually really like getting socks. Is Everyone loves yeah, socks. I'm really hoping this is what you get me for Christmas. Every Christmas, my wife gives me a full sock reboot. It's a thing. It's great. You no, should buy this. No pun intended. Don't listen to my sarcasm. Listen to Paul's heart. Mm-hmm. Paul thinks you should buy Sock Club. Give anyway, make yourself look like an expert gift giver. Check off all of those hard to shop for people. Go to SockClub.com. Get 15% off using promo code VERGE at checkout. It's a delightful gift experience. It's comfy feet for the people. Give Sock Club this holiday season. SockClub.com slash VERGE. All right. It's a little bit of a lightning round because we're, we're going over. But Dieter and I got ourselves all worked up about the Apple TV app. iOS 10.2 is out. Apple TV update with the TV app is out. It's kind of a mess, Dieter. Yeah. The the headline that I think ended up like on our site for it was the thing I tweeted, which is, this is clearly, obviously, plan C, maybe D or E for Apple in TV, and you can tell. Yeah. So the main thing is it doesn't have Netflix, so it's supposed to recommend things. We've talked about this on the show. Yeah. The TV app is obviously supposed to be the home screen of the Apple TV, but it doesn't have all the things it needs. It doesn't have a TV service behind it, so it's an app. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to open the app, and it's supposed to show you things to watch, yep. but it cannot show you Netflix things to watch because Netflix doesn't want to share its data. It also, Apple TV historically doesn't have Amazon on it, 
because Amazon doesn't want to pay the fee to Apple. So it can't show you Amazon shows to watch Amazon. That's right. It also can't show you most cable networks. Right. It, and then it doesn't, doesn't have yeah. doesn't have single sign-on if you have basically any of the cable networks. Yeah. Uh, if you have DirecTV or Dish or Sling, I think it has some single sign-ons. Yeah. But nobody has those things. I don't know. If it, yeah. Something there is wrong, but just, just email Neil at TheVerge.com to correct it. So yeah. far, you've listed three strikes. Yeah. yeah. It's just like it's kind of broken. And so, I don't know what Apple's big solution here is. Neil, Lauren I, Good wrote a review of the best streaming sticks. I recommended the Fire TV stick. Yeah. Because it's better than everything else. Let me lightning It's also you. super cheap. Yeah. Uh, you live in a world where you can have an Apple TV with a working single sign-on and a good uh, Apple TV app. But in order to live in that world... You have to have an IR blaster on your coffee table. What do you do? Uh, well, this is a theoretical. Yeah. Uh, what does the IR blaster control? Nothing. <laughs> it's just there, <laughs> emitting infrared. <laughs> you you have to you, you have to send a message through the IR blaster for some purpose. Yeah. Twice a second. That's what that's what allows a single so sign-on to work. Is because a single sign-on uh, is dependent on the contr- remote control code built into the Comcast remote. Oh my god! That's the that's the rule. That means you have to have an IR blaster. It's all nonsense. Do you do it? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. How, so here, this is actually my lightning iron question. Okay. Dieter has laid out the problems. It's clearly Plan C. How do you watch TV right now, Megan? I actually don't watch TV. I watch Netflix. That's it. That's a fact. That's it. Netflix has offline now on the mobile. Yeah. I don't know when they added that. This changed my life a couple of yeah. weeks ago. Uh, by the way, Google Home added Netflix support yep. today, I think. Uh, so you can just say, show me Luke Cage on Netflix, and it'll light up your Chromecast and start showing it to you, which is kind of the dream. Also, Terrace House. Does everybody watch Terrace House? Uh, I Are you saying Terrace show. House or Terrorist Okay, no, house? I got confused about this, too. It's Terrace, not Terra's. If you look for a terrace house, like you're going to find terrace, like terrace. The architectural stuff. feature of houses. So it's a show about houses with terraces. Like terrace is the adjective. Yes. No. 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 It's it's a it's a reality show. It's Japanese. Okay. A lot of times when you say questions to me, I think I should be saying yes. I want to say hi <laughs> and bow a little bit. <laughs> because I've been of watching house. a lot of this show. <laughs> it's great. It's okay. Changed, changed everything. Okay, Google, show me terrace house on Netflix. And the three people who have managed to set all of that up are now watching Terrace House on Netflix. Because <laughs> it's a lot. You got to get a Chromecast. You got Anyway, how do you watch TV? I, I, your, th- your situation like a disaster. Apple TV, PlayStation 4, Chromecast, sometimes an Xbox One. Yeah, it's a mess. Uh, Sling TV and View. I haven't canceled either one of them yet. Yours is going to be interesting because you have, you have a kid. So it's I a have whole a kid, different thing. But she doesn't care about television. Right. Because she's still too young. Okay. So I've tried to get her into t- TV, but we use the Chromecast and uh, I have like a smart LG TV that has like Netflix and Amazon and Hulu built into like the user interface. Yeah. Um, so I, we use that for the streaming services and then Chromecast for the for the other stuff. And I steal my parents' cable password. Wait, what's the other like, stuff? Like HBO. Isn't that a streaming service? Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's not, not, it's not built into the TV. Oh, I see. It's not, yeah. So I use Chromecast for that and FX and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm now almost exclusively Chromecast, and it's super messy, and I think about my cable subscription and using my TiVo all the time. You know my favorite part of, about the Chromecast is when you turn on the TV and you get that nice, like, picture. Yeah, it's nice. Like the foot, like a photograph of, of a river, seriously, yeah, or a bird. You're not kidding. I like that. You can also plug in it's your Google soothing. Photos account into it, and it'll just show you your favorite pictures from Google. Yeah, Photos. I need to do that because, I, like those pictures, you don't like those nature pictures. No, they like offend me. Oh, wait. They like the show just got really interesting, and the whole rest of the show is nonsense compared to what's about to happen. <laughs> um, you Get know, in, in the movie Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's a hellhole. Yeah. And you're driving around oh, in this yeah. hellhole, but there's these billboards mm-hmm. about Brazil. This 
promised Paul, paradise. Paul, that's Paul, a lie. Paul, clean your apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but I have so much TV to watch. <laughs> There's 18 more seasons of Terrace House. He has no time. Seriously, this, this show is like 38 half hour episodes is wow. one season. Something like that. Wait, are we back in Terrace House? Or yeah. Are we still offended by the pictures of paradise? <laughs> That That's rainforest. It? Is well, you're bullshit. mad at the you're mad at the default screensaver <laughs> on a thirty five dollar TV streamer because you think it's subverting you to the capitalist machinery of the world. It's showing him a actually. False that's fair. Picture. That's yeah. that's completely accurate. Yeah. Well, yeah. I didn't pay thirty five dollars. It came with my TV. Oh, also, <laughs> because I turned off so the energy saving things on my Vizio. Yeah. My roommate can Rickroll me. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. a real thing. Mm. Yeah, it's happening a lot lately. That's a real thing. You know, the the Google Cast thing is not designed for anyone with friends who are even slightly mean, <laughs> right? If you have friends who are even have that one twitch of evil, yeah. Yeah. Cast will ruin your life. That's fair. I heard hamster dance the other day. <laughs> uh, it's, see, it, Dieter's right. This point he's making. The tech companies haven't figured it out, yep. and it means TV is harder now. There's more better TV than ever before, and it is harder now than ever to watch, watch it, it in a, any consistent, logical way. Oh. And Apple is just not getting it done. This is their thing to solve. It's amazing how many TV streaming services are on the Apple TV. There's DirecTV Now. There's Sling. There's View. There's View. There's nothing from Apple. Okay, but this feels – it feels weird that we can't just walk up to somebody, hand them $100 a month, and see everything. You can. But of course you can. No. You can walk up to any cable company in America and hand them hundred dollars a you month. Will, you know, you want to see the Netflixes. You want to see Amazon. You want to see the Hulu Netflix originals. is now. I cannot believe I'm about to praise Comcast on the show. Yeah. Netflix is on Comcast X One Box, which yep. again they believe their no, no, iPad no. app but is you, a platform and not but, an app. But, so very confused at a technical Comcast level about what it is. Comcast doesn't pay thing. Netflix for you. You still have to have your Netflix. Yeah. Okay. So you're right there. Right. So, but, by the way, uh, disclosure. Not, some some part of Comcast owns a whole bunch of Vox Media, which owns us. There it is. We, so we got it. so <laughs> we're we're living in this time when it does seem like it's more work to find all the different televisions. Yeah, but there are so many shows. There's yeah. so much. But that's why we have a whole stuff. culture section. Just do what Megan says. Yes, thank yeah. you, Megan, for helping me. Actually, Dami wrote about Terrace House for The Verge. <laughs> um, so no thanks to Megan. Wow. But man, what I'm a gym. I got to say, Megan started out in a whole run of burns. Nothing. She's been sinking slower and slower in my seat. It's all right. <laughs> I, I just think it's, it's, it's a mess. I think we're in a golden age. And that, I think the mess that's like a whole thing. Golden age of the, content, but not yeah. of the actual. Well, I just experience. think there's the fact that so many different companies are, are par- getting a piece of the pie, and 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 the way that they compete is by not merging with each other and by charging you ten dollars a month separately. From yeah, so other. none of these like streaming services have CBS, and even CBS, which supports TV everywhere, which is if you pay for a regular cable bundle like I do, you can like log into. Stuff that's all the single sign on stuff can't log into CBS, they want you to pay for CBS now or whatever it is they mm. call it. And that's like another it doesn't CBS have like the most viewed television shows, yes, the most viewed garbage in America, yeah, is brought to you by CIS CBS. and mm-hmm. all that. The big bang acronym. theory, yeah. 
Two Broke Girls, the worst show in America. If you believe that we're in a golden age of television, I challenge you to go watch the episode of Two Broke Girls where they go to a games convention. Wait, why have you seen this? Because I was on a fucking airplane and there was nothing left to watch. <laughs> it was terrible. I was trapped Offline in a, Netflix. I was trapped in a tiny tin tube on my far above the earth, and I was out. I've, I've seen all of the movies that I wanted to watch, and I was like, I have 30 minutes left. This one is where they go to a games convention, and it was the worst thing I've ever seen. Was it as racist as some of the other episodes you have been? It was every ist. <laughs> it was just all combined all into one offensive package. Anyway, so I'm happy that CBS isn't part of my bundle. Yeah. Screw you, CBS. <laughs> this has been a terrible lightning round. AirPods. That's my next lightning Fall round. Fall out of my ears. I have them here because they're shipping now. Yep. After a long delay. Fall out of your ears. Are you interested in AirPods? I... I, I, I Borrowed them from Sean very briefly and yeah. and played around with them. They, they seem pretty cool, but they still I, I I would prefer not having that cylinder sticking out like a yeah. weird blue like a sort of a truncated Bluetooth yeah. headset that still seems like it's gonna and, and the fact that it's white too is going to magnify the effect. Yeah, so you still will look kind of. It's stupid. like classic Johnny Ive, like you're the best designer in the world, and yet what were we doing here? Kind of situation. You we've done a lot of wireless earbud stuff lately on, on the circuit breaker side of the house. There's a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a winner yet. Yeah. I'm waiting for Bluetooth 5. I'm not going to buy Bluetooth headset. Uh, Actually, the Beats X, which got delayed, is my ideal form factor, I think, because it's got the cord, so you can pull them out and they hang around your neck. Yeah. But it's weird because Apple delayed those. Right. Yep. And you got to think, maybe they just didn't have enough W1 chips floating around. And now they're charging you 70 bucks to, if you lose one, Yeah. you have to pay up. I don't know. One of our Tom Connors, our lead video director, like he was playing with mine and he flipped him open and his phone was like, Do you want to connect? And he's like, Oh, that's really nice. That's really cool. And hit the button and it just failed. <laughs> I don't know, Megan, are you going to buy it? Uh, no. So I actually like having a wire because it's a clear indicator for people to leave me alone. So, like, yeah. sometimes I'm just walking around with headphones and not actually listening to anything. It's just like, Don't talk to me. Like, do you see this? There you go. Plus, you have those cool ones with the. the <laughs> she ears. came back strong. <laughs> Sadly, this is an audio show, so nobody saw your middle finger. <laughs> but they felt it. Yeah. I believe they felt it. Megan uh, just waved her headphone cable at us, <laughs> signaling that it's time to wrap up. No, go ahead. Uh, no, basically, it's just like I, I do that because like sometimes I just I don't want to listen to people. If I'm walking around, like I don't want people to stop me. I don't want people to mess with me at all. So I like having it there. Also, I have really weird ears, and things fall out of them a lot. Yeah. So I'm very of, interested to yeah. see things. how AirPods do. I also, I also have like inner ear piercings and so mm. I have a hard time getting earbuds to fit if right. they're not a specific kind. Yeah. Well, they're shipping. You can get them in stores. I, I think Apple rushed them out as fast as they could for the holiday season. I think they're 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 delayed past January now. Yeah. Or into January. But you can still get them in stores. I think people yeah. are going to line up and get them in stores. And then we'll have more gadget resellers just hawking spectacles and ear <laughs> AirPods for a Christmas that makes you look completely insane. Prescription spectacles. Prescription. Uh, there's, they're floating around outside here at the office. Some guy waved a spectacles tube at me and just yelled $200 over and over again. Oh, They've got damn. three vending machines now. Ooh. In New just, York? Yeah, not just the one in that store. Three. Someone, Six I can't remember. Weeks. I think it was Sean O'Kane on our staff was telling me that the spectacle situation in New York is such that the entire line is resellers. And they literally are buying two because that's how many you can buy. And they walk outside and just stand there. And then other rich people show up and buy them in a markup so they don't have to sell online. It's like every Ticketmaster situation yeah. for every show that happens. Yeah. All the tickets get bought by the reseller, by the scalpers, and then you have yeah. to buy them at a marked up price. I wanted to Again, buy them this week just, when I was it, in New York and I didn't get around to it. At this party last night, I was like standing there and Sam Sheffer, you might remember Virtue House listener Sam Sheffer before he died. Um, 
But Sam, R.I.P. Sam Shepard rolled up to me, uh, and he wasn't wearing the spectacles, but he pulled them out of his pocket and took a picture of me with them. And rolled away. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. We've come so far. <laughs> I was like, "What are you doing, Sam?" Anyhow, I think that's our show. Any yeah. other lightning round topics? No, no it's not our Megan, show. Megan, you want to? It's not. Oh, you got a we got a Paul segment every week. I forgot. I man. do this every week. Every it's called, week. It's oh, called awkward. speaking of things that you can't buy. <laughs> Koss <laughs> came out with port pro colorways. What? And they're sold out. Already? And they're sick. They've they're been making awesome. those headphones yeah. since 1901. Some, like the 80s, Koss perfected the over-the-ear headphone in the $35 range. Yeah. I wear them all the time. Uh, they've got little temple pads that relieve the pressure on your ears. So they're yeah. not pushing down. It's They sound great for the price. And you don't feel bad about breaking them or losing them because they're so cheap, but they, they, they're actually pretty reliable and resilient. But don't they but, kind of project the, the sound out a little bit? Uh, yeah, they're not like closed cans, so yeah. people can hear a little bit of what you're... What you, yeah, that's, that's always been... I, I've wanted to get some of that. I've, I've seen you with them and I've always... I sat intrigued. next to you while wearing them. Yeah. Did it bother you? No, no, not okay. at all. All right. But so, that, that yeah. was always sort of a... It, it, I'm a little self-conscious about it sometimes. But... They've always been this exact same color, this blue, silver, and black. And now they came out with this great beige one and then a really flashy golden black one. And you can't get them. No. But that's, our, that's our thing you can't buy of the week. Yeah. From Paul Miller. <laughs> so if you were thinking about getting AirPods, but you couldn't. I mean, all the cool, all the cool gadgets are, are you can't buy them right now. Nintendo. You can't buy the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Mm. Gotta Spectacles, so you got to dance with a reseller on Fifth <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> it's fact. It's true. AirPods, not easy to get. Like every cool new thing that you might otherwise want, you can't get. Megan, what's your favorite thing that you can't buy? <laughs> That's a deep, dark question. <laughs> Is because it's like a hit on somebody? Yeah. It's just another, <laughs> another scalding burn yeah. for Megan. <laughs> no, honestly, like I, I have all the things I want at this exact moment in time. So That I'm is like, wonderful. I, I'm very fulfilled. Yes, thank you. That's great. Yeah. That's all my circle breaker is all about gadgets, but it's not about consumerism. You know what, though? Actually, I wrote about that bread basket. I can't get that. That's not a thing. I actually kind of want it, though. It's just like. Oh yeah, we did it as a phone. Yeah, part of the weekly segment. It's a a throwback. Um, It's the stupidest thing in the world, and I love it so much. The The bread bread basket basket with the chargers. With the phone charger. It's not as dumb as that uh, bed for your phone, but I also kind of love that. But I wouldn't buy that. Yeah, but that's not a thing you you can't get. You can get it. It's a thing that you you shouldn't shouldn't get. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really thinking about whether to buy a carry-on suitcase with a built-in battery. I think about this like way more than I should. Like away. Yeah, the away. There's uh, the Raiden is another one. It goes above your head. Yeah. Okay. I know. Okay. We're at the the airport. You're waiting. Uh Yeah. Some of them have. uh, they're, They're like trying to figure out reasons for them to have little computers in them. So some of them have like Bluetooth scales in the handle. A lot of them have like location tracking. Some of them follow you around. Mm. Yeah. They have yeah. motors. I'm not ready to go there. Okay. Until the cars Autonomous can drive suitcases. themselves and not letting my suitcase drive itself. <laughs> <laughs> let's solve let's solve the the big one and then we can trickle it down. But anyway, should I buy a battery suitcase? No. That's been should I buy this probably not. <laughs> no, I tell. Uh, now never gonna advertise on the Vergecast. All right, let me read one more of these things and we can wrap this thing up. This episode of the Vergecast also brought to you by MailChimp. Remember MailChimp? You might if you love cereal. MailChimp? 
that's the one. But anyway, 14 million people use MailChimp every day to connect with their customers, market their products, and grow their e-commerce businesses. You can send better email. You can send more stuff. They've been around since 2011. The company started as a side project funded by various web development jobs. Now they're the world's leading email marketing platform, and they send more than a billion emails a day. They democratize technology for small businesses, creating an innovative product that empowers their customers to grow. MailChimp, send better email, sell more stuff. Anyway, that has been our episode of The Roachcast. A fun one. We're going to do one next week, but then we're off. Well, no, we're going to do one next week, and then after that, we're off until, drumroll, big news, The Vergecast is going to be live again on video again at CES, <gasps> beginning, I want to say Wednesday, January 4th at 4.30 Pacific, also Thursday, also Friday. You can watch us. We're going to have a beautiful set. We're going to have guests. We're going to have live demos. Paul's going to be there. Paul's going to be there. going to be there. And it's going to be on Twitter. It's going to be on Twitter Live. Twitter right Live. Right at the top of the stream. Right, uh, just like the NFL and <laughs> just That's what it is. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a Thursday night Chiefs game and us. Yeah. <laughs> it's all the stuff you want from Twitter. No, it's going to be really fun. Yeah. Vergecast Live at CS has always been a little bit crazy. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, pretty This is going to be nuts. It's going to be, I've been, you've been going for more than 10 years, I think. I've been going for over a decade. I think this is my 12th year. I think this is year 10 for me. Paul, I think it, you're skipped at 10? a couple. You skipped a couple. Yeah. Started uh, in like 2006. Was my first one? Yeah. So it's my fun. First. It's I'm excited to go and do something else. It's your CS. first thing, Andy? First one. Ooh, the Virgin. You're gonna have fun. It's it's unlike anything else. But Vergecast live every day at CS, 4:30 p.m. Pacific, 7:30 Eastern. We're gonna promote the hell out of it. Watch it. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. So we're on next week. We're off the week after. And it's then, gonna be a blast. And then it's Vergecast time. Yeah. Anyway, that's our show for the week. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Verge on Snapchat. We're at Verge on Instagram. Instagram doing great lately. Yeah. Really fun. At Verge. Uh, we got another show. I host it with Walt Mossberg. You might have heard of it. It's called Control at Delete. That's also on iTunes, as is Lauren Good's show, Too Embarrassed to Ask, Kara Swisher's show, Recode, Decode, Peter Kafka's show, Recode Media. They're all great. All of them are on iTunes. Go find them, leave a review, give us all the stars, buy some socks. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm Matt Reckless. Paul's at Future Paul. Theater's at Backlon. Andy, what's your Twitter? Andy Jayhawk. With a J. J A Y. Megan? Okay, so mine is annoying. It's Megan underscore Nicolette with two T's. I know. I know. I know. I'm not annoyed. It's great. It's better I'm not, than I'm not annoyed. It's just, it's very in character for you. It's better than using my last name. It's a Twitter handle that screams, leave me alone. I'm wearing headphones. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. Goodbye. Rock and roll. Rock and roll, Paul. Paul. Oh.